What is up, everybody? And welcome back to Gear 30 on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, and you can head over to blisterreview.com to check out everything else we are doing and reviewing and talking about and writing about. And you'll also be able to check out all of our other podcasts. We do a few. Okay, today, two questions to get started here. First, how much do you know about alpaca wool? And second, how well do you know the ins and outs of manufacturing in Peru? Well, my suspicion is that the answer to both of those questions is not as much as you probably could know, but you are in luck because in this sixth installment of our What You're Wearing series, and you can go back and scroll through our past episodes title list to check out all of the other installments in this series. But here today, I am speaking with the founders of a company called Arms of Andes, which is a company that makes outdoor clothing from royal alpaca wool that is single sourced and produced in Peru. Now, Arms of Andes was started in 2018 by the L.A.-born Peruvian siblings Meli and Renzo Inostrosa, and I spoke with them about why they started this company in the first place, the unique characteristics and benefits of royal alpaca wool, we talk about the traditional method used to collect that wool, and their commitment to and the challenges of manufacturing in Peru. And we also talk quite a bit about what they're doing to try to be one of the most sustainable clothing brands in the world. So in case you couldn't tell by now, there is a lot of really interesting information in this conversation. And I think you are going to learn a lot about an animal and a country that are definitely worth knowing a whole lot more about. Okay, now just one thing before we get started. Most of you know by now that Blister is based here in the Gunnison Valley of Colorado, and you could be based here too and live and work in this mountain town community that we certainly love. COVID has dramatically changed, well, a whole lot of things, including the way that people are doing business and an increasing number of people are now working remotely. So why not live in a place you've always dreamed of? The Gunnison Valley of Colorado is located between four spectacular mountain ranges with over 750 miles of biking and hiking single track. We've got world-class skiing here and an award-winning school system. So don't just imagine waking up here every morning or just wishing that you lived in the mountains. Go head over to icelab.co and they can help you take steps to actually living and working where you play. So head over to icelab.co and maybe we'll see you out here. Okay, and now let's go ahead and get to my conversation with Meli and Renzo. Here we go. Okay, well, I am here with Renzo and Meli. Meli, why don't you get us started and just tell us a little bit about Arms of Andes? Okay, well, Arms of Andes started about 
four or five years ago. We started doing research on the alpaca fibers and the benefits of it. And mostly because both our parents are actually from Peru. My mother is from Cajamarca, which is about the northwestern part of Peru and a very small town. And my dad is from Ancaya, which is also a very small town as well. So we've always been deep with our Peruvian culture. Me and Renzo are born and raised in LA. We spent our summers there in Peru. Um, we would go hiking and then, you know, we grew up and we backpacked, we traveled. And my dad actually has another business where we export quinoa from Peru. So we do like B2B. So we'd sell like container loads. And so we've always been kind of like in, in the business in Peru. And so I want to say about four or five years ago, we wanted to do something else because there's just so many miracles in Peru that nobody's really heard of. And so we started looking into the alpaca fibers. We started meeting some farmers, getting into it. Initially, we were actually trying to do it like a yarn, just do like a B2B to see where that would go to. And it didn't really end up there. Like the, the business wasn't really what we wanted. And then so we kept pushing more and more. And we kind of came out with this idea of, after like doing all this research on the benefits of Wapen if we make a sweater. But the idea was not to make the traditional sweaters that you find in the local shops, how it's knit and it's kind of heavy and bulky, because we know that the benefits of alpaca wool is that it's temperature regulated and that's lightweight and that it's durable. So Renzo kind of took the big step there and, and did the first prototype and it was meant to be this lightweight base layer, which ended up turning into this heavyweight mid layer. <laughs> and <laughs> We got extremely lucky, though, because it just in general, working in Peru is hard itself, trying to get the fiber, trying to get good quality fibers, because we wanted it to be the highest there was, because we wanted to show Peru the best of it. So most of the fibers, the alpaca fibers that you'll find out there is baby alpaca, which is about 19 microns. So it's about a, a thicker fiber while ours is around 18 microns so it's it's finer it's more luxurious at the touch so then Renzo came out with the the mid layer and then I went to Peru and then I stayed there for a while and I did production myself and then within like five months we got into like a whole collection of base layers shirts um, leggings we we really took a huge risk in creating that 110 shirt that one was very tricky because it's it's really lightweight and we wanted to kind of like we wanted to adapt to every backpacker out there you know the ones that really care about the weight and don't want to carry a lot of items in their backpack because it can be bad for your back and you know it could also be dangerous in general so you came out difficult but it came out the best we could do and since then we've been improving and trying to become even more sustainable so we got into the natural dyes. We looked into kind of like the, the thread that pieces the garment together. You wouldn't want to use alpaca wool because um, of durability. You typically want to use a different thread for that. So initially we were using nylon and then we switched to cotton. So now our shirt is 100% biodegradable. And now that we're getting into the natural dyes, which is going to launch in about four weeks, that is even better for the environment because now if you were to dig it in soil and then the soil absorbs it that dye is also being absorbed so it's really important that it's natural as well because it's going into the environment so that's kind of the whole thing of arms of andes <laughs> that was a great overview thanks and then we all each have our own stories like renzo him um which i'm sure you can explain but more but i guess my story 
of being raised in LA and always going to Peru when I was a kid and my dad always teaching me to always be an entrepreneur mindset, even being female, like being raised in a, in a Latin culture. There's not many women that go out there and then moving to Holland on my own, never heard of in my family. And and then like at 20 working for my dad, which was so hard because because we I was in sales. So any sale that came through was like, oh, great, I did it. But ones I couldn't go through, it didn't hurt me, but it like hurt my family. So it's just more motivation to keep going and going. And then when Arms of Andes came out, woof, that was a great struggle, like a great challenge to finally overcome. Renzo, this is a first in the history of all of our Blister podcasts. First of all, you are currently driving. And uh, I don't think we've ever had a guest on who was literally driving. Uh, and we've definitely never had a guest on who was driving in Lima, right? Did have I correctly assessed your current circumstances? That is my current situation, and if you could see the video, I don't know if they can see it, but I am in, in Lima right now, driving about an hour, couple hours north, working on the production. Okay, working on the production. Tell us more. You're, what does this mean? Where are you headed? All right. So, quarantine hit. <laughs> I was in LA. <clears throat> in Los Angeles and I had to took an emergency flight because I wanted to do the production while everything was shut down so then I came to Lima and internally in Lima it had just opened up so we decided that I would focus on the production this time and Melissa would would get the outreach and the marketing communications and we were going to add to that that it was going to be the most sustainable product we could make. So not only uh, 100% alpaca and the cotton uh, seams and uh, um, 100% natural dye. We, it was all going to be done and done only in Peru, which thanks to the history of Peru is doable. So I had to come here. And now we're at the end of the process where I have a bunch of boxes behind me and we're bringing them up to dye and it's going to be indigo, all natural indigo, which is also antibacterial. So there's a technical benefit besides the sustainable benefit. And Peru has such a long, long history. Um, so basically the technical benefit that comes from indigo is that it's antibacterial. Right. Peru has such a long, long history. They've been using indigo. I think they have the oldest record about 5,000 years ago which, you know, all these things I had no idea of here on the coast. Uh, the oldest indigo ever found in a textile is here in Peru. So uh, luckily there's indigo and we're taking up our alpaca clothes to get them dyed into a nice blue. And I'm in the middle of doing that right now, driving up. So if I have bad signal, please excuse me. <laughs> so just to be clear again, when did Arms of Andes officially launch? That launched in November 2018. Okay, right. So yeah. we're we're new here. We're new oh, here. We're <laughs> we're very new. I it feels I, it feels new. Yeah, I can even remember my first the first order and where I was from, like where I was at the moment that it came through and and we we did everything. We did the website, like we, we used a shopping platform as well, but we did everything the photos the design of it seo all of that marketing was done 
the modeling was done in house. All of that, we we did everything on our own. We did have some help with a couple agencies to like learn something, but yeah, everything we try to do us because we want we really want control of that message of what we're trying to get across. We don't we you know alpaca wool is such a great wonderful fiber, but we want to really show like the truth about it and not make it like oh it's this perfect fiber you know every every fiber has its faults of course but we want it to be thorough and honest and also hear customer feedback as much as possible like if there was issues or flaws with our design how can we improve it and the main benefit of one of the greatest things about you know m- me and Renzo being in Peru is because is that we can adjust these things really easily if something's wrong it like goes directly to him and he's right there like this design didn't quite get good feedback. What can we do? And we can change it. Like adding a new item took us four months. Adding new colors during COVID mm-hmm. was still plausible. Like that's still, we were doing that only because we do everything in Peru. And Melly, where are you right now? You, you don't appear to be driving anywhere at the moment. I'm in Amsterdam right now. <laughs> so I, I moved here about four years ago or so I used to study here and then I graduated and then there was an opportunity to to expand um, Arms of Andes into Europe and luckily me already studying here it was a lot easier just to open up in Holland so we've always wanted to get into Europe and just it worked out to open up here. Let's talk then more specifically about alpaca wool and we have on in this series we've been doing you know what you're wearing we've talked about bison wool and we've talked about wool blends and the rest and as you already said Melly there are going to be sort of pros and cons to every type of fiber out there and better or worse applications for these things so can you take us into the weeds a little bit you two just talking about what you do think are some of the standout properties of this fiber best applications etc etc if you're a person that really cares about comfort, so you you take long trips, you know, in the cold, and sh- let's say you're going to the office or whatever it is, you really you're probably gonna enjoy more the softness of the fiber itself. But if you're a, like a backpacker and you're going into, let's say you're going, let's say you're going to the Andes, you're you're taking a trip there, and it's super cold in the morning and it's incredibly hot when the sun comes out and then it gets super cold again, that fluctuation, what you're really gonna care about is the temperature regulation and the low moisture retention. And and if you're a super backpacker, that means you can't wash all the time, you're gonna care about the antibacterial properties. So the three I would say to fall out for a backpacker would be, you would want something that's temperature regulated and alpaca wool is so good for that because it has semi-hollow fibers. So basically it's able to retain your warmth but at the same time, keep you cool. So you don't feel stuffy. You get this really nice feeling like it's kind of like a little internal AC that adjusts your temperature in a way. And you want it to also be low moisture retention because you're hot, you're sweaty and any sweaty shirt you carry, um, you're going to get sick automatically. You're going to get sick. So when I did my hike in the Tantra mountains, I was wearing one of the long sleeve charcoal shirts. And I noticed that I was getting sweaty and it was retaining a bit of my sweat. It was showing a bit. And then I sat down, had a snack. And within about, I want to say 15 minutes or so, it dried up completely. 
And then I did another, this was like a 10 hour hike in one day. And so then I continued my hike for about a seven hours with a group of friends who were also all wearing alpaca wool. And I remember I was like, oh, my sweat isn't showing anymore. So it was like wicking away my sweat as well. And I was dry. And the best part of it, and this is the antibacterial part, is that when we were done with our hike and we all got in the car and you're exhausted and, and so forth, everybody felt clean. Like they didn't feel like they were wearing these sweaty clothes that stinked or, and this was like a humid hike. <laughs> like we, we, I was sweating profusely and that, those are, I would probably say the three that stand out the more to, uh, to a backpacker. Nobody wants to feel dirty. You want to feel dry and you want it to be temperature regulated because if it's cold, you don't want to get sick. If it's hot, you don't want to get cold. And, and so it's really good at, at those properties. And then what like puts like the cherry on top is the fact it's so soft, like you want to just snuggle up and and take a nap. So when I was in the Arequipa with my friend Amber and she had a, a merino wool sweater and merino wool is great as well. We were fighting over the alpaca one because it was just softer at touch. Although merino wool is still phenomenal to pick that over any other type of wool part from alpaca. But it was it's definitely a, a different experience. Renzo, what would you add? All right. Well, I love to think about these questions. First, we got to notice that wool, you know, even merino or any type of wool, that's actual clothes. That is literally the clothes of the animal. So when we compare that to other performance fibers like rayon or, or some sort of synthetics, those are, you know, fabricated to have certain properties, but wool was, is actually evolved to be the protective layering from the environment from the animal so from the very beginning of, of the protein fiber that's already from the microscopic level it's already evolving for that and the particular case with alpaca again peru has an ancient civilization the oldest civilization of all the americas so they have been domesticating animals for a long time alpaca is more than 2,000 years which is much older than other domesticated animals, especially ones used for their their wool. And in the environment of the Andes, which is the highest, coldest, uh, it's a long range, the alpacas evolved for these environments in where the weather changes from hot to cold in a single day. There's lots of uh, sunlight, radiation. You have so many environmental changes that this hair has to evolve for these environments. And this is why it has these technical benefits. It's not just invented out of nowhere. This is thousands of years of domestication and selective breeding carefully by the pre-Incan civilizations in Peru. So there's a reason for it. It's not, we're not just handpicking certain things. And then also because of this long time of domestication by uh, the, the pre-Incans and, and then the Incans as well, there's a, it's also sustainable. So you have enough quantity of alpaca to be able to supply, whereas certain other animals you don't have enough. You have enough merino wool and you have enough alpaca to be able to supply at a, an affordable cost. And doing it in Peru allows us to take advantage of these things, not only you know the technical benefits, but also sustainably and uh, do it at a price that's competitive. That was a hell of an answer, you know, really. And I, because look, when when you guys first came onto our radar, there definitely was a part 
where I thought, okay, next sort of weird wool out there, right? Like, is this just being different for the sake of being different? It's like I could go, I don't know, start making clothes out of mice wool or something, right? Like, it's like, well, what's the rationale? And so I feel like your combined answers there gave a really nice answer to like, no, this isn't just like being cute or, you know, doing something for the sake of being different. Pretty strong rationale laid out there. So you guys are pretty good at this. <laughs> well, it's it's kind of like the our business strategy. We're also trying to change the kind of the consumer behavior. Like, don't overbuy. Buy quality clothes that you can actually pass down, and and really do think about who you are buying from. Like, I when I was a teenager, I would just buy whatever looked nice and what was going, and overbuy in multiple colors. It didn't make sense. I never wore them again, um, and they didn't last long. So it it's really just appreciating what you have and, and taking care of it. And that's what we are trying to tell consumers. Like I had no idea about the threading part of what, until I didn't know that when you piece a garment together that they use different threadings. That, so it's not really a hundred percent biodegradable if you have that threading. I didn't know that if you were to bury a wool shirt underground that the dyes are also being absorbed. And so you just start thinking about that and the massive carbon footprint it takes to produce in one country and then it goes to Asia to be um, manufactured and it goes over there and it's just how do you kind of keep track of all of that like how do you and that's such a big so, that's so much waste and ammunition that are going there and um, you can do it in, in one country well what we're doing now you can do it of course it's hard and it's difficult and there's been moments where like this would be easier if we just sent it to Asia to be produced but then then it's like well we defeat our morals are as a company we have to keep that controlled into one into one place where we know that they're actually taking care of it correctly let's talk a little bit more then about that specifically manufacturing in peru right and we talk a lot about this i mean obviously here in the united states it's we hear a lot about let's manufacture within the u.s we all hear a good bit about manufacturing in Asia. Talk a little bit more about, I don't know, some of the specific challenges of manufacturing in Peru. I think I'm clear about the reason why you want to keep manufacturing in Peru, but but just help us a little bit again, specifically on the manufacturing side. Well, I'll, I'll just add a little something uh, real quick. So the... Um always the best in terms of sustainability is getting something local okay so that's always the best but some things don't come local like alpaca especially when you want it in the finer hair quality so you have small alpaca farms in the US but it it's never gonna be enough to ever make any sort of production especially of royal alpaca wool so in Peru because also of its history uh, there's lots of industry here as well so fortunately uh, we have the advantages of not only having the raw material, the source fiber, but also the industry to do it all here. Apart from that, there is a huge cultural difference. Where in the U.S., um, people work together to get something done, and uh, you have a, a lot of variability of different type of people you can find. Peru has a history in where... Um, there's a difference between people living in the city of Lima and people living in Provincia, which is the outside area, the mountains, uh, the more rural areas. 
and there's a big informality, this, this difference in cultures within Peru and between the outside world is very difficult to work with and any foreign company who comes here to Peru or even to Latin America, but it's particularly to Peru and even Bolivia, they find it incredibly difficult to work. It's very informal. Um, and that's just the nature of it. Even though there's a lot to take advantage of, even sustainably, the problem Peruvians have in getting their products out is that they view the rest of the world as too distant from themselves. Not only the language difference going from Spanish to English, but the idea of exporting abroad and then marketing abroad, it's, it's very complex coming from the perspective of being born in Peru. So we try to take advantage of these two worlds, whereas our family is Peruvian. We've been uh, coming to Peru since we were kids. We, we've worked in Peru. We understand the mindset here, and we also know how to communicate and market abroad. And we're kind of in between both worlds. That's where the company name Arms of Andes comes from. It's really Children of the Andes. Arms is initials for our names, Alejandro, Renzo, Melissa, and Mia, our siblings. And that's the point, is that really we find ourselves at a point to be able to, off the backs, off the shoulders of, um, of the civilizations before, take advantage of, of alpaca, quinoa, all these superfoods that come from Peru, all these things that come and bring it to the world. So there is a lot of manufacturing here already. And having to maneuver, like what I'm doing right now, driving through the traffic in Lima, it's traffic, you know, there's a lot of contamination. Uh, whenever you try to get somewhere, you know, someone might give you partial information and it really makes the workday very stressful in the long run when you're trying to do something new. It becomes very complicated, but it, if you keep pushing like we do, if, if we keep pushing, if we're able to embed ourselves in the culture, we start building relationships and we were able to create a map, but it, it hasn't been easy in the slightest. And we choose to do it in Peru because there are so many benefits right now. Not only could we help the local economy, it is a personal goal to make this as ethical as possible, not only sustainable, but once we're able to do that, I think Peru is positioned to become, you know, like Tibet or uh, a country like that that's focused on being a sustainable country and doing everything in their in their respective industries as sustainable as possible. So, being in Peru isn't a fluke. It's at, there's a cost advantage, there's a sustainability advantage, and that's that is what we're doing. We're trying to unite unite both worlds, uh, Peru and abroad. So, are there a couple of other businesses that? are maybe trying to do something a bit similar to you? I mean, essentially marketing and taking abroad a rather sort of provincial product and perhaps a bit more of a provincial outlook on things. Do you feel like you have a business community there working with you or do you feel uh, sort of solo in this work? We're like in between right now because a lot of, let's say, a lot of foreigners come, they feel very compelled to come and to make change. So you'll find people who started families and lives in Cusco, in the jungle, Iquitos, in, in all over, and they really want to help. But the strategy to, to come and do community support is very difficult. 
it's very difficult and there has to be multi uh, different approaches um, so in one respect there are people who understand how to communicate abroad and then in Peru in Peru themselves you can see it in people they want a change they don't like this poverty they don't like this that we wake up in Lima and the air is never clean and there's traffic everywhere and then everyone seems really reserved and kind of resentful of, of the economic situation people want to change but there's also a lot of ego and machismo here too but I, I feel like I can see it and that when we start talking it clicks in the head of, of, of a lot of people and they want to do it there's just not a path there's, there isn't a clear path and uh, a lot of what we're trying to do is make a path that's that's you know creating a very high quality product sustainably and that makes economic sense it's not just like we're creating something just for uh, charity or anything like that like we're actually creating something that's giving value and I think there is a path in all of the different industries in Peru it's every time the more I'm here the more I see it and I it's almost unbelievable there's like this vacuum right now that people Peruvians can take advantage of and really grow also adding on to what Renzo said there is a huge uh, cultural difference that we see like when when I was in Peru and I was doing production on my own um, for like a bit of it it was really difficult to have anybody meet just deadlines and a lot of that was on pause and it was me following up but I was the I was the client and <laughs> And so just that aspect really does, like, it doesn't really motivate people to continue working and to continue pursuing the idea of, of doing their own business and stuff. Like, the people we've met that know how how to be sustainable, like the natural dying people, like, you, you could take it even further. But there is that backfall of not being able to kind of understand how to meet um, demands in other parts of the world. So... It, Essentially, I feel like we're in it. We're kind of like a bridge of Peru with the world trying to. And we were so fortunate that our father taught us so much about business and that let us work for him. And it wasn't like, oh, we get to work for dad. We get things free. No, we really had to work super hard into in Peru, learning the sales and how to how to communicate with Peruvians and then also how to communicate that and meet deadlines of the outside world. So um Arms of Andes is is not for me. I don't see it as like, oh, great, we have an alpaca wool clothing brand. It's it's really meant to be something way better. It's the start of changing Peru. It's the start of showing what Peru has to offer, but in a very sustainable, healthy way. We want to help the farmers out. We want to bring other great natural products and we don't just want to put it in consumers faces like buy this now buy this now this is great we actually want to give the information correctly like it is great you don't need to overconsume it you can enjoy it and just um, take advantage and look at the benefits and learn that if you do buy another product that doesn't necessarily have to be ours make sure you buy correctly and we really want um, Peru in general to 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 get better because right now it's just it's so hard there we you go to lima and you're just tired because it's so much stress people are overworking and we're really trying to help our country out back to alpacas for a minute yeah. you mentioned royal 
alpaca wool. Ah. <laughs> as yeah. opposed to, so this is, you guys got to help me out. I, I realize I know very little about alpaca, which is a real bummer. So I'm, I'm hoping you can help me out. There, apparently there are royal alpaca as opposed to, um, I don't know, non-royal alpaca. Help me understand <laughs> what's going on here. You have, well, there's, there's different types of name for it, but there's um, the superfine alpaca wool, there's baby alpaca wool, and then there's royal alpaca wool. So baby alpaca wool, first off, does not come from an actual baby alpaca, which is everybody's misconception. No, it does not. Different parts of the alpaca uh, grow different fibers at different microns. And so that's where you get these categories from. So Okay, so I, I messed up already. There aren't there aren't actual royal alpaca in one no, field. No, there and, are royal alpacas. Wait, <laughs> no, no, no. He's those are, those are the yeah. king alpacas. They actually run the country. <laughs> they, they're the I'm president. Per- perfect. Okay, so on on Have one you seen alpaca. That new group? That's a, that was a royal law, but. I have not, but I feel like I should now. Okay, (laughs) all right, I'll put that on my my watching list. Um, Okay, so if we go into a field and we point at one alpaca, that one animal will have these three different types of wool. Yeah. I like the idea that there were royal alpaca, but then I also like the idea that the non-royal alpaca would overthrow the royal, that there might be some kind of coup. So you've you've burst my bubble a little no, bit. Um, no, no, no. And, okay, okay. But I'm learning a lot here. There's gold alpaca. No. So the so it's different categories. So when you go into the super fine, I believe it's called super fine alpaca wool, that's about um, 20 or so microns higher. So it can be 20, 21, 22, 23. It's just anything above about 20 microns. So that's really thick uh, fibers. And that's what's going to cause the itchiness. That's It doesn't have to do the lanolin or anything like that. It's just, it's very thick fibers. Then you go into 19 microns. So that's a you know the diameter of the fibers. And that's baby alpaca wool. So that's, it's fine. It's, it's okay. But then you have Royale and that's 18 microns. So that's even softer. And so... I think about 1% of exported alpaca wool is Royale. Um, a lot of it comes from mostly superfine and then baby. So and you're, there's thicker ones too that's not used too much for clothing. It's Grezzo and Juanizo. Yeah. And those are quite thick. Those, those are most used for like brugs, I would say. Um, the, the very, very thick ones. But um, yeah, so the ones we use is about... Yeah, I wouldn't want to say... It's very... There's not a lot of it, too. And the way that these, the way they're sorted out is it's by touch, essentially. So there's these women who've been taught usually by, from what I hear from generations, and they just do it just all by touch. So they just touch it with their, they just rub it between their two fingers and thumb, and then they sort it out to, based on their microns, and also based on color as well. Right. It's better than machines, too. They've done tests. They did tests. There was no machine that could be as accurate as the touch of the Peruvian women. This is important. It's, there aren't farms. There aren't industry farms. Literally, since the Incans, the last civilizations, it's just small rural communities in the... Uh, Andes Mountains, and the, and then uh, uh, colectivos 
So people will come and they'll collect them, but it's it's not big industrial farms. The the biggest farm there could be is relatively nothing compared to the vast supply from the small rural communities, and that's how it's been done traditionally. It it's not something artificial either. This is how it is in Peru, even with quinoa, it's the exact same way, even with other agricultural products coming from the Andes. That's how it's structured. So when uh, a lady is classifying it by hand, uh, she's been doing this for a long time, and it's it's technical. They, they've done studies with machines, and it's done accurately. And this is how Peru's, Peru is already set up, due to its history, more sustainably, less industrially. Let's talk for just a minute about like what products you guys are actually offering at the moment. I mean, we've talked a lot about dyes and different types of alpaca wool and the rest, but like I think we should answer for our listeners like okay, great, but like what's the product offering look like right now? Yes, so right now we do an entire full collection apart from the middens, we haven't get there yet. So we have the socks and that is, I should mention mixed with nylon. So that's not, that's the only item we have that's not 100% uh, apocalypse fabric. We have um, leggings. So we used to have uh, two types of leggings, which was like a 420 uh, grams metric squared. And then we had 230 grams metric squared. So uh, we cut off the 420 and we just stuck to the 230. So it's about, I think one leggings, women's large weighs about like 200 grams or so. Let's say, and then we have sweatpants that go on top of that, also of the same um, of the same weight as well, 230. And we have shirts, sports bras, boxers, underwear, um, long sleeve crew neck shirts, and then finally we have our base layers, so the half zip hoodies. And then we have the the over the base layer is the mid layer, and that is in a full zip, and that's with or without hoodie. And that one's our heaviest item, so that's uh, 420 grams metric squared. And essentially, we were, you know, for all the backpackers, it's a layering system, basically. And we wanted to offer a full alpaca pack. So anybody going to the Andes would basically become an alpaca. <laughs> Just hiking up all the gear. That, that's our plan. And we have the neck gaiter and the beanie as well. Got it. So it is, yeah, well said. So it is a kind of full range. We can layer up basically to turn me into an alpaca. Exactly. You can, you know, eat the grass, become one, morph into it. It's fine. Okay. I'll consider that. I'm, I'm, I can, I'm about ready for a vacation, so I might just yeah. go hang out in an alpaca field and try to become one with the group. Okay. So if I were to ask you the tough question of... You get to pick one product from the current Arms of Andes lineup. Pick either your favorite product, just your personal favorite, or I guess we could, I would also allow if you think there's a product that is like, you have one chance to put one product into the hands of a potential customer to like, hey, check this out. I'm curious how you guys would each answer this. Renzo, why don't you go first? Okay. Again, I'm driving up Lima, so my signal's been cutting in and out, but I think I heard it. I would choose a half-zip hoodie, the base layer, half-zip hoodie, probably an indigo. That's by far, I think, the best way to go. Um, it's You get the whole you know, protection of, of your upper body, 
and uh, the indigo is also antibacterial it'll keep you dry you don't have to wear anything that's really soft you don't have to wear anything underneath it or you could wear it for like extra thermal properties uh, it's lightweight that's that's the perfect you'll live forever with that one item you'll live forever it is now also a, the fountain of youth i've just learned so I, can, I should definitely get my hands on one of these well what would your answer be melly it would probably be the the mid layer which i'm actually wearing right now as we talk because it's just so soft and the base layer and the shirts are soft as well but that extra warmth and i live in amsterdam and i'm from la where it's always sunny and i'm cold and i used to live in florida which even made me less like I can't stand the cold and biking here is, is so annoying and it's windy all the time and it's raining and so with the with the mid layer it's like that perfect amount of warmth and I can just put a rain jacket on top if I want to but I'm not just stuffy and I have to say I, I prefer the men's mid layer just because I like baggy baggy clothes and the hoodie is like probably my favorite the fact that when I like, I always have to look both sides when biking and that hoodie is really snug on my head. So it doesn't blind me, you know, how like it can cover your eyes. So the, that's, I would have to say mid layer hands down. I'm going to let you guys get going. Renzo's got to get to where he's going and start dyeing shirts or something. So where should people find you and where can Arms of Andy's products be purchased currently? Uh, through our online website, through our online shop, so armsofandes.com. Um, we also have in Europe, uh, Europe website as well, and that's armsofandes.eu. Also can be found on the .com one, or Instagram or, and Facebook as well, armsofandes.com, or hashtag, I think it's hashtag AOA. Hey, thank you. This has been really fun. I've learned a lot about both Peru and alpaca, so I, I appreciate that. And I think it's really cool how you guys are going about building up this company and why you are. And I think you've done a really good job of kind of laying out and explaining that. And so I really appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for everything. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Likewise. Thank you so much, John. We appreciate it. And Renzo, I couldn't be more shocked that we kept an internet signal going while you were driving through the busy streets of Lima. Um, that's probably the most amazing thing, other than the fact that I guess this base layer you make is a fountain of youth. Those yes. are the two biggest, uh, two most surprising takeaways from they this. Know, so, um, but it's true. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, listen, thank you both, and, and good luck, much success, and we look forward to seeing how you continue to grow this project of yours. All right, likewise. Thank you so much for this. Thank you so much. Okay, it is time now to talk about what we are celebrating this week. It is currently pretty late on a Thursday night here. Tonight, I've actually got in my hand just a touch of Whistlepig Farmstock Rye. This is actually their number two rye crop. I may have had a decent amount, well, actually a decent amount of rum and whiskey last night with Cody Townsend. So we're, we're just going real nice and light tonight. You know, moderation. I'm into it. Anyway, the thing that I am celebrating this week, we just had a really successful blister speaker series at Western Colorado University. We held that Tuesday night with Cody and it was a fantastic event. But the main thing I want to celebrate here 
is all of the students and faculty and administrators at Western Colorado University. As you all know, this has been a hell of a time for schools everywhere. And I have just been so inspired and so proud of everybody in that Western Colorado University community because they have been going forward this year and holding classes and the rest. They have managed to do this in an incredibly safe manner. And I think that they have pulled this off because everybody is taking this quite seriously and everybody's acting quite responsibly. And so I truly am extremely proud and inspired by how well the Western community has been able to navigate these very difficult times and these tricky waters. And that is what I am raising my glass to tonight. Well done, Western. And that brings us to the end of this episode of Gear 30. I want to say thanks to Melly and Renzo for the conversation. Thanks, of course, to the strikingly handsome Justin Bob for producing this episode. And thanks to you for listening. And now, please take good care of yourself and everybody else. And we will catch you this coming Monday over on our Blister podcast, where you will get to hear my Blister speaker series conversation with Cody Townsend. And then next Friday, here on Gear 30, you will get to hear the specific Gear 30 conversation that, of course, I recorded with Cody in Blister HQ, right? I mean, you knew we would do that, right? Words were not minced in that conversation. And so I think you guys are going to enjoy both of those conversations this coming week. Okay, that's all we got here. Take care of yourself. Talk to you soon. And good night.